Live. Hey, everybody. Good to be with you this morning. Uh, David Hevener here. And you know what? I'm so um, glad that we could be together on Sunday morning. Um, if you guys are like me, you, I don't know, you get, you, know, you get discouraged because you, well, you, you, you're out there looking for a church, right? And uh, you just can't seem to find one. So God said, hey, you know what? Be the church, you know, because each and every one of us are the church. And we're just going to kind of give it a little bit of um, time for people to chime in here. Um, I got my uh, partner over here, partner in crime with me over here, uh, Brent. Brent uh, and, she, oh, Brent and Shanita, both are there. Good hey, good morning, good morning. So good to see everybody. So I want you guys to um, just get you a cup of coffee and uh, we're going to... Um, we're going to ask God to bring a word this morning. Um, I think that's important to always ask God to bring the word, uh, because without that, then uh, what good is anything else? You can see behind me, I got scripture. So um, let me know, uh, Shanita, nice, loud, and proud, if anybody is uh, chiming in, if you have any, anybody in chat. Uh, who do we have this morning so far? Welcome each of you. Thank you so much for being here. We're grateful to see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're on, uh, by the way, the platforms we're on is YouTube this morning. Um, we're on David Hebner TV and we're on Facebook. So we got those three platforms going uh, this morning. And if you guys are joining, joining us on David Hebner TV um, or any of the platforms, but especially David Hebner TV, that means that you're a member or that you are interested and want to become a member, davidhevener.tv, go there and join up if you haven't already. It really helps support the ministry. We have to grow the network. Uh, we don't know how long we'll be around, so it's important to, um, to grow our network. And welcome so, to Sparkmaker and Victoria and Thomas. We know we have Canada chiming in, and we're just really, really thankful for you being here. All right, Canada. Very good. Yeah, I want to know what countries we got uh, coming in this morning. Um, by the way, every uh, <clears throat> Sunday, God willing, we're going to be with you every Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. God laid it on my heart um, to come to the people. Uh, on Sunday morning. And I know, you know, Sunday, we understand Sunday is basically a pagan, was a pagan holiday. Uh, Constantine uh, orchestrated it. We won't go into that. But it doesn't matter. We can worship every day of the week. We can praise God every day of the week. And that's what we're doing here. This just happens to be one of the days of the week that we can do it. I feel like people, like I said, are disenfranchised. They're looking for church. They can't find it. If you're like me, you walk into a a church, you sit there for five minutes and go, oh, 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 I just don't know if I can, you know, I'm not sure I can handle this. I'm not sure, you know. They give you a bulletin. Everything has to, has to go exactly by the bulletin. Uh, Brent, uh, how do you feel about bulletins? And how do you guys feel about bulletins? When you walk into a church, it's pre-printed, tells you exactly how God's going to move, what God's going to say, what time he's going to do it, and when it's going to be over. <clears throat> Where are they in the Bible? When did Yeshua have a bulletin? And when did he pass out a pamphlet before he was going to preach? Right, right, exactly. The only bulletin that we should ever have in the church that's handed out is 
the bulletin that says urgent. Unless you're saved, you're going to hell. That's really the only bulletin they should be handing out. Of course, we're loved. Of course, God cares for us, his elect. Or hand out a Bible. But that's the only thing that that we need to be given as we go into church, not some man-made bulletin that has some time on it that that tells us when God's going to move, how God's going to move, what God's going to say. I mean, it just blows my mind. And that's why we're here this morning, because I feel like, and I know that there's things God wants to say that he cannot say in many, many churches out there this morning. There's right now, there's thousands and hundreds of thousands of sermons going on right now. My question is, how many of those sermons are really from God? Now, I know there are some, I understand that, and I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but look, we have to get real here, folks. We're, talk, we're talking about we're in our last days. All right, we're gonna be talking this morning about hellfire and brimstone, all right? I'm gonna give you my personal experience with it. And the question is, should we be preaching hell? Should you and I as Christians be preaching hell? Before we do, uh, we're going to praise God with some song, with a song. This is What a Mighty God We Serve. Everybody can put your hands together. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve. What an awesome God. Oh, what an awesome God we serve. What an awesome God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What an awesome God we serve. What a loving God. What a loving God we serve. Sing it now. What a loving God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a loving God we serve. What a powerful God. What a powerful God we serve. Yeah, what a powerful God we serve. Angels bow before Him, heaven and earth adore Him. What a powerful God we serve. One last time. Yeah, what a mighty God we serve. Yeah, what a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before Him, heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve. We serve. All right, praise God. What a mighty God we serve. You know, we sing that song, and what do we think about with what a mighty God we serve? When you sang that song, what what came to mind? What, what was it? What a mighty God we serve. What a powerful God we serve. In other words, it's power. It's power. And this mighty God power was transferred to us through his son, Jesus Christ. We have the power to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, preach the gospel, but also the same power, the same mighty power is going to one day manifest itself as the son of God returns on a horse, opening his mouth with that sword coming out to slay the beast. He will judge 
he will judge. The same power that we have in us to heal the sick, raise the dead, will be the same power that will send people to hell. Whoa, David. This is not um, politically, culturally, religiously correct. Here's the problem. Should we be talking about hell as Christians? And if so, how? In what way? It just, how important is it? We understand how important heaven is. That's our heavenly home. That's where you and I, as the elect, will spend eternity. And we say that humbly. And we understand it's only for the grace of God. But what about the ones that don't believe? What about the ones that think they do? I'm going to tell you a story. When I was a little boy, seven years old, I had been in church, of course, probably since I was two. They would take me to a Southern Baptist church in Kentucky. And I would sit on the front pew as a little seven-year-old boy. And I would watch the preacher and he would be sweating. And his eyes would swell, tears would swell up in his eyes. And, and, and he'd take his handkerchief out and wipe his face because he'd be running across, and I'm talking running across the pulpit, stomping across the pulpit, preaching that people need to get saved, preaching that time is short, preaching hellfire and brimstone is what they call it. That's what they're making fun of it now. When you preach hell, when you preach that the one and only living God who has the power to raise the dead will also send people to their eternal destiny. Hellfire and brimstone. This preacher, Brother Borders, I was seven years old, I could tell that when he preached, it wasn't because he was happy to preach this message of repentance, this message of, of understand that your eternal destination will be hell. I could see in his eyes that it saddened him as tears swelled in his eyes. Because I could tell, even as a little boy, from a little bit of memory that I had, it looked like that he was crying for those that would not accept Christ. So the question is, should we? Are we required, are we called to preach repentance, to preach the consequences of not repenting? Repentance, there's no altars. Churches going to a church, there's no altars. I don't know. Any altars in church? Brent, Shanita, do you all see altars in church anymore? Have you been in church lately and seen any altars? Do you remember the last conference we went to, someone offered to give us an altar that he had built because their church didn't want it or need it anymore? Is that oh, the you, biggest tragedy ever? You're right. Some, we went to a conference, someone said, we'd like to give you our altar. And I said, really? They said, yeah, because we don't need it anymore. I said, why don't you need it? They said, well, we don't use it. Well, why don't you use it? Well, I guess... 
There's no need to, because when people don't repent, there's no need for an altar. You know what? I don't have an altar in my church. I mean, we kneel anywhere, but I would love to have an altar in our church. So if you know anyone that knows how to build an altar, has an altar they don't want, I will gladly, I'll take every altar in the city. I'll take every altar in the state, in the country. Because if you're not using it, we will use it right here in this gathering. Okay, who do we have? Uh, anybody chiming in on uh, any questions? Uh, we have Gloria with us. Welcome, hey, Gloria. Hey, welcome, Gloria. So, what do we have? One person? Gloria? Hey, Gloria. I'm glad you showed up, Gloria. Garth says it's love speech, not hate speech. And Don says good morning. All right, thank you. And who said it was love speech, not hate speech? Garth. Garth, okay, Garth. I love that. Preaching the truth, preaching repentance is, is love speech. But it, there's going to come a day, and it's happening now, folks, where when you preach truth, when you preach repentance, it's going to be considered hate speech. And this is what Jesus talked about in Matthew 24. They hated me, they're going to hate you. Folks, how in the world do you think we could ever be persecuted if we go along with the status quo? If we go along with the, quote, religiosity out there? Well, they're just going to love you. And by the way, I got scriptures back here. It's the scriptures we're going to cover. This is an important message, I believe, for us to hear. So there's three categories of people. Three categories, as I see it. We have the saved. We have the ones that know the Lord. Oh, sure, sure. We stumble, we fall, we mess, of course. But we don't stop, we continue. God, show us the way, God, help us. This is the saved. When the saved on earth shall gather over on the other shore, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. That's the saved, that's the first category. Second category are the ones who think they're saved, but they're really not. And this is a sad, sad, this is what breaks my heart. It's a sad place to be because there are so many churches out there. You see, you have to understand, <clears throat> many churches are counterfeit. People going into churches Sunday after Sunday thinking because they went to church, they said a prayer, uh, they read some scripture, they listened to the preacher, they're going to die and go straight to heaven. But I got news for you, and I hope someone is tuning in. I hope there's someone out there who has put their denomination ahead of the relationship with Christ that really is understanding right now they don't know the one and only true living God. I hope you're listening. Because that will not get you anywhere except hellfire and brimstone. Three categories. Number one, saved. Number two, you, are, you think you're saved, but you're not. It's the hardest group to get through to. Oh, I go to church. Oh, I've got my uh, denomination, David. I'm, I'm good. I, no, I'm good. I'm good. Let, let's not talk about that. No, let's not talk about hell. No, don't talk, don't bring up uh, homosexuality. I, no, not, not abortion, let's stay away from that. What then, if, you go, if you're not gonna bring up the main things that Jesus preached against, what in the world do you want to bring up? What do you want to talk about? What does your preacher talk about? Let me ask you that question. 
Go to church on Sunday morning. What does, well, he talks about how good of a life I can have, how I need to understand I'm loved in Christ, and therefore I can pretty much conjure up anything I want. Get out of here. Get out of my face. I'm not interested in your name and claim it gospel. I'm interested in the name it and proclaim it gospel. And what I'm proclaiming this morning is I'm proclaiming that if people don't get right with God, if we don't repent and eat carpet, get on our face, that eternal damnation is reality. Now that's for those that aren't saved. So we have three categories. I hit the saved. I hit the saved. You think you're saved, but you're not. Now let's hit the third. Third. Well, they, they don't care. They don't know God. They don't want to know God. They're atheist, agnostic, whatever. I don't know. I don't think about God. I don't believe in God. I don't want to hear about God. They're, they're, they're easy because you know where they stand. And this is what Jesus talked about in Revelation. He said, I'd rather for you to be a cold than lukewarm. Because if you're lukewarm, if you're in that middle category and you think you're saved and you're not because you go to church every Sunday, you are lukewarm. Jesus said, I will vomit you out of my mouth. He said, I'd rather for you to be like the people that just say, well, they don't know me. They don't care. They are cold. Because at least if someone says they're cold, two things are happening. They're number one, being honest with themselves and with the God they don't believe in. And number two, you know exactly where they are. But it's the religious community that thinks they're saved, that thinks they can go to church every Sunday, that thinks they can do the same thing Sunday after Sunday, sit in the same pew Sunday after Sunday, and they believe that their rear end will be marched off to heaven. Simply not true. Then there's you and me. Now, I'm not being bold. I'm just being honest. Yeah, okay, I'm bold. I'm bold in Christ. I'm saying you and me because... I believe I'm saved. I know I'm saved. I believe that if you're here with me this morning, there's many out there that are saved. But if you're like me, you're struggling. And of course you should struggle. If you're saved, if you're one of God's children, you should struggle. And this is what makes me so sick about church. Well, if you're saved, just kick back and relax. Pack your bags. Jesus is coming back any moment. Don't worry about it. Folks, I don't know about you. But when I signed up for this to start telling the truth. That's when the, that's, that's, that's when the persecution started. You see, when I wasn't telling the truth, there was no persecution because, well, I was following the ways of the world. Well, I went to church, but I wasn't talking God. I wasn't talking truth. When you start talking truth, that's when you get persecuted. What's going on out there? Anybody uh, in chat land? Any uh, comments? Uh, Shanita Brent? Right on is what I'm hearing in chat. Yeah. Keep preaching it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you. We got we to gotta legalize Jesus. We got to legalize Jesus, okay? And now you say, well, <clears throat> why should we legalize Jesus? Let me explain something. Jesus in the world is illegal. 
I'm talking about the real Jesus. It's illegal. If, if churches on every corner preach the real gospel, preach, preach the real Jesus, then the government would shut them down. Right? Because Jesus is considered hate speech. This is what we talk about in Last Evangelist. I play a cop and I bust underground churches because they're not registering with the government until I hear God's voice and I go blind and God says, why are you persecuting my people? Sound familiar? So with the Bible in one hand, a gun in the other, set out after the Antichrist. It's called Legalized Jesus. If you want to check it out, go to davidhevener.tv. You guys on davidhevener.tv may already be there. You can watch it. Um, okay, so where were we? So here we are, you and I. What do we do? What are we expected? What's expected of us? Now that we are at a place where we understand that we're saved, we understand that we're God's elect, we have a great responsibility. Well, let's go to Ezekiel 33, 1-6. I think you can see it up there. Right? Ezekiel 33, 1-6. Let's go to that. I'll give you time to turn your Bibles. Or turn on your phones, pull it up on your phones. Folks, we need to start getting like real legit Bibles, like paper Bibles, for when the phones and the internet cuts out, that we still have a way to read God's word. Um, and, and I need to work on that too. Ezekiel 33, one through six. The word of the Lord came to me, to Ezekiel, son of man, speak to your people and say to them, when I bring the sword against a land and the people of the land choose one of their men and make him their watchman. And he sees the sword coming against the land and blows the trumpet to warn the people. Then if anyone hears the trumpet but does not heed the warning and the sword comes and takes their life, their blood will be on their own head. All right, now, he's inst instructing, God is instructing to do and say something. It's a warning that it's coming, and if they don't do something, then that's their problem. Their blood is on their own head. This is where we are right now, folks, that we are called as watchmen. We are to wake up, which we have. We are to watch, which we do. But number three, we are to warn. And this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where the real warriors remain standing. It's called warning. This is where we're at now. Do we preach hell? Yes, we do preach hell. We preach the consequences of sin, just like Ezekiel. God instructed Ezekiel, you tell the people, you warn the people. And if they will not listen, now listen to me. If they will not listen, then their blood is on their own head. But let's find out what happens if we don't do that. We're in Ezekiel. We're in Ezekiel 33, 1 through 6. Number 5, or verse 5. Since they heard the sound of the trumpet but did not heed the warning, their blood will be on their own head. If they, if they had heeded the warning, they would have 
save themselves. They would have been saved. You see, if people will hear what you have to say, they will be saved. But how can they hear what you have to say if you don't say it? How can we pray that people will be saved? How can we pray members of our family can be saved if we don't say it? What do we just pray and some supernatural event happens? Or no, let somebody else talk to them. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet to warn the people and the sword comes and takes someone's life, that person's life will be taken because of their sin but I will hold the watchman accountable for their blood. Folks, this is it in Ezekiel. It, will, it cannot be any clearer than this, that there is, a, there is a sword coming. There is a judgment coming. Jesus Christ will come back for his own, yes, but he will also come back to judge. We are to sound the trumpet, you and I. And like the brother said, Garrett, I think it was, I love that. It's not hate speech. It's love speech. Why? Because you love people. You see, the reason I'm talking about what I'm talking about this morning, folks, is not because I hate anyone. I don't. It's because I love people. And the Titanic is sinking and people are still on board the Titanic having a party. And you and I, we're trying to tell them the ship is sinking, but they're saying, go away. We're just having a party. It'll be fun. But will come the day and it could come in the twinkling of an eye. It could come during this gathering together. It could come and then it will be too late. But the question is, have you done everything you can to sound that trumpet? So that the people will be warned, so that their blood won't be on your hands. I know I need to continue to work on this. This isn't something that I'm telling you that you need to go do, that I'm not telling myself that I, I need to do it. I need to do it more. We're all in this together. And that's why it's so important. I believe this message this morning, God gave me. I said, God, this is a hard message because when you start preaching hell, people either turn away or they call you a hate monger or, or they just, they don't want to listen because it's uncomfortable. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 12. Before we read the scripture, anything, uh, anything in chat? You guys talk to me over there. We having fun? What's going on? See, Jeff said, uh, blessings, David. <clears throat> Preaching about hell is no more hateful than your doctor warning you that smoking can lead to cancer. Whoa, I, I like that, Jeff. I like that. I like that. Uh, Theodora said, sometimes people get angry when you're trying to save their souls. Yeah. Yeah. So true. They do. Davey says, I'm sharing, but nobody's listening. Who said that? Davy. Davy said that? Yes. Davy? Well, let me tell you something, Davy. It may seem like no one's listening. It may seem like it. I guarantee you someone's listening. Number one, God's listening to you. He's listening to you be faithful because you're a faithful warrior. But number two is 
just because we say these things doesn't mean that people are going to turn around and just turn to God. It many times could be a seed that's planted. Do you follow? We plant the seed. Then someone will, else will come along and water that seed. And someone will come in and throw sunshine on it until one day, if God has called that person, they will sprout into salvation. Second Thessalonians 2, 9 through 12. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie and all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. They refuse to love the truth and so be saved. What, what is the truth? Well, Jesus is the truth. He says, I am the truth, I am the way. The way to what? The way to the Father. But if you don't take that way, which way are you going? If you don't go to the Father of heaven, you'll go to the Father of hell. Just like Jesus said to the Pharisees, the religious system, your father is of the devil. That's why you don't understand my words because you only understand the language of Satan. That's what Jesus told the religious folks. Do you understand that the religious community nailed Jesus to the cross? It wasn't the Romans. They did the physical work. They were the government. And I'm sure they wanted to. There were many of them. But it was the religious community that hated Jesus. They wanted him dead. There was a chance to release Jesus. And, 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 and uh, you know, uh, but they said, no, crucify him, crucify him. Why would we think today that this, this religious community wouldn't be doing the same thing? Bible talks about one demon leaves and brings back seven buddies. Well, what do you think has happened over 2,000 years? A demon of religion has left and brought back seven more demons of religion. By the way, that scripture is talking about religious demons, okay? There's many, many demons in these churches out there. It's where they hang out. So they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Okay, David, I love the truth. All right, good. Who's the truth? Jesus. If you love the truth, you follow the truth. Well, I love the truth, but I can't really, you know, be vocal about it. I, I, I can't really, you know, live it all. I mean, then you don't love the truth. When you love something, you're all in. You just kind of like it. Maybe you want to date the truth for a little while and see if it works. No, you love the truth. You're all in for truth. Number 11, verse 11. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. And these, folks, this is what's important. When people don't love the truth, when they won't fall, and I'm talking these churches out here, Stop thinking about the prostitute walking the street or the drug dealer dealing drugs or, you know, the, the drunk guy sitting on a bar stool. Forget about that. Oh, yeah, we're going to deal with them. Right now, I'm talking about the people drunk in church, drunk on lies. Yeah, they're all drunk on lies this morning. Drunk on a false gospel. This is what they're talking about. 
They don't love the truth. They want their ears tickled. They want their best life now. They will not let an altar be built in their church. They will not have an altar call. Preacher, you should be ashamed of yourself. God will hold you accountable for not having an altar call every morning, every night, every afternoon that you have a gathering. Because that's the chance that people have to give their life to the Lord. They will not love the truth. So for this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion. Now listen to this. It's a powerful delusion. So that they actually believe this lie. And folks, this is where we are now. The church has gone on so long not loving the truth that they have now been sent a powerful delusion. Now when you get into this realm of powerful delusion. Only the power of God can bring people out of that. Only the power, well, only the power of God can do anything. That's all. But you are in a very dangerous place right now. There's someone out there listening to me that had stumbled across this channel, stumbled across this meeting, and you're exactly who I'm talking about. You're exactly who I'm talking about. And you're listening right now, and you're going, what? Who is this nut? What, what's going Listen to me. You've been living a lie. You've been living a lie of thinking you're loving the truth, thinking that when you go in Sunday morning that you're actually worshiping the true and living God, you're not. You know that, it's in your heart. That's, that's why you're, you, you stopped and you've been listening. But you see, God can bring you out of this delusion right here and right now. I want you to stay with us. We have an altar here, by the way. We have an altar. So that when you have that powerful delusion, verse 12, so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. Be condemned. How many preachers do you have? I want to know out there. Shanita, Brent, let me know. How many people go to church where they have preachers stand up and talk about people being condemned if they don't accept Christ and live for Christ? Act on it. Anybody? Dee, 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 dee. Waiting, waiting on that. Okay, well, who else do we have out there? Hey, you guys, I love being with you this morning. We're on every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time across the world. You know, God's called me to come on Sunday morning. I just, there's so much apostasy out there, apostate churches. And I, I just feel hungry and led um, along with you, because without you, why? We couldn't do anything. We're two or more gathered in his name. So, so I'm so glad you're here. But I feel led to speak whatever truth God lays in my heart. And, and, and I, know, I know I can be wrong. I know I'm wrong times. I know that I mess up. I know I don't hit the mark. I, I know I'm inadequate. I, I understand all that, but you know what? I'm willing. I'm willing to make a fool out of myself. I'm willing to stand up and do something for God, even if I mess up. At least I'm doing something for God. And I'm not tickling ears. I'm not telling people, oh, things are gonna be just perfect. I want to, I wake up, I watch and I warn. And I'm so glad you're with me to support me on this. It's a lonely road, folks, and we gotta stand together on this. 
And by the way, it's not about, you know, looking at other churches and putting them down. It's about you and I worshiping in truth and in spirit and letting them look at us and go, what is that? I want that. I want what they're doing. See, it's not about coming against something. It's about being for something. And I'm all in it for God. I'm in it for truth. But therefore, if you're in something for truth and you see people buying a lie, you're going to have to acknowledge the lie. You're going to have to expose it. That's our job. So it's not coming against something for the sake of you're coming against it. It's you're coming against something because you're for God. So Albert says, I was told at my job to leave Jesus outside work. Twice I got written up. But Theodora says, I truly found Christ because someone cared enough to tell me. Wow. Let me tell you something. <clears throat> they told you to leave Jesus outside the work. Um, that's an impossibility because when you walk into work, who said that, Shanita? Was that Albert? Yeah. Albert. <laughs> Albert, when they told you to leave Jesus outside, they don't know what they're talking about because you can't. You're a true Christian. You have, you have, you have God in you. So I'm going to encourage you. <laughs> I don't know what you do for a living, but I'm encouraging you, you walk into that work with the power of God in you. And you see the demons shake. You see them tremble. I guarantee you, you're going to come back with an with a amazing report to us that's just going to be so glorifying to God. All right. Uh, what was the second uh, comment? I love that, that second one. Theodore says, I truly found Yeshua because someone cared enough to tell me. Absolutely. You see, Theodore, because someone told you about the truth, God, and, and they could have said, God is love, God loves you, and that would have broken your heart and you give your life to the Lord. But also, they could tell you that if you didn't choose God, if you didn't love God, if you didn't go with God, the consequences are eternal damnation. So this is what we're talking about. You know, and we can talk about hell without yelling and without, you know, coming against. We can talk about it as a reality because it is a reality. All right? It's a reality. But Jesus, Jesus, he wasn't very happy with it. But really, David, tell me about it. What did Jesus say about it? Well, he said a lot of things about hell. And I'm going to read something to you. It's going to show the patience of God is running out. And time is short. All right? Go to Matthew 11, 20 through 27. Now, Jesus had done miracles in various towns, uh, Chorazin, Bethsaida, uh, uh, Capernaum. Uh, matter of fact, that was kind of like his, um, his second uh, home, you might say. And, but, they, but they wouldn't listen to him. And here's what Jesus said. Then Jesus began to denounce the towns where he had done so. All, all these miracles, because they hadn't repented of their sins and turned to God, what sorrow awaits you, Chorazin, Bethsaida, if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have repented their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. I tell you, Tyre and Sidon, it will be better on judgment day. 
Tyre and Sidon will be better off on judgment day than you. I'm going to finish this. Verse 23, time Capernaum. Uh, what I need is a uh, charger, uh, Brent, and I'll plug it in this phone because I'm running low. Uh, should be one in the other room. <clears throat> okay, we're in um, Matthew 11. Uh, we're at verse uh, 23. And you people of Capernaum, you will be honored in heaven. Will you? Will you be honored in heaven, Capernaum? Even though they believed that they had it all mailed in, you know, sewed up nice and tidy, that, you know, they were so right with God, things were so good, a wealthy community. Does that sound familiar to you with this Western world, with all of these empty churches? And when I say empty, I don't mean just empty with people, empty spiritually. You think you'll be honored in heaven, talking about Capernaum. No, you will go down to the place of the dead. This is what Jesus said. You think you're going to heaven? You're going to hell. For if the miracles I did for you had been done in wicked Sodom, it would still be here today. I tell you, even Sodom will be better off on judgment day than you. Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because of the perversion, because of the sin. Jesus is saying that Capernaum will be worse off than Sodom and Gomorrah, and that possibly Sodom and Gomorrah, if they would have seen the miracles of Jesus, they would have been saved. But you are Jesus in you, meaning you carry Jesus. You have the power of God in you. That is where Jesus lives. That is how Jesus functions, the Holy Spirit. And when you don't go and you do not show God's miracle to people, how in the world will they ever know the power of God? Let me explain a miracle. A miracle is when you can go up to someone when the Holy Spirit guides you and you have that second that you can tell them about God and boom, they give their heart to the Lord. That's a miracle. That's as big a miracle as that, I don't know, that video I did a couple of years ago on the Bible that leaks oil. I wouldn't even compare the two. You can probably leave that open. Um, okay, so we're, we're, we're in, uh, um, uh, yeah, Matthew eleven twenty 20 through 27, okay. Uh, verse 25, at that time, Jesus prayed the prayer, and here's what I love, and this gets back to you and I. Verse 25, at that time, Jesus prayed this prayer, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. You see, what Jesus is saying is that he's so happy that the Father has chosen you and I. You see, I don't consider myself wise in the way of the world. I consider myself just a person that wakes up in the morning and says, God, what do you want me to do today? What is it that you're looking for me to do? All right? I, and I'm going to go to verse 27 before I do. We have anything else? Anybody else made a comment over there? 
Uh, yeah, Brent, there's a plug right there. You can just plug, plug on the ground right there, the white. Hmm? Uh, you, okay, well, just, um, yeah, you can, you can un unplug. Yeah, just run an extension over. Um, we're getting ready to lose power in one of our cameras. Um, there's a extension right there against the wall to the left. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go to verse 27. My father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the son except the father. No one truly knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. You see, folks, we're in a day and time where all those big-time preachers up on the pulpit, they're going to go by the wayside when it comes to God. God is done with that. He's finished with the six flags over Satan churches. I'm not even going to call them six flags over Jesus churches anymore because I'm not going to dishonor my God. So I'm going to call it six flags over Satan churches. God is done with the lukewarm. God is finished with those that will not step up and tell the truth. But what is God now starting to do? What is he doing hot and heavy? And what am I seeing out there that's really, really happening? And I'm going to share this with you. And this is what makes it so exciting. So exciting. Is that you and I, you and I, the little people, the misfits, the ones that aren't considered uh, honorable in the church, the ones that people laugh at, the ones that people tell us to leave Jesus outside our work, the ones that ban us from, from, from platforms because we speak the truth. God is now using you and I. We are his ambassadors. We're his messengers. And I believe you're listening to this message this morning because God's calling you to be an Ezekiel. He's calling you to warn. You've, you wake up. You've been watching. And you're warning. Let's take that and put it up. He's been calling you to warn because no one else will listen. And it's not because, oh, well, if no one else will listen then maybe I need to choose the lesser that. No, God knew this from the beginning. He knew that he was going to choose you. He knew that he was going to choose me. He understood that we would come to this time, this place, this day, where this message of truth had to be proclaimed that no one else will do it. They won't do it from the pulpit. The churches are afraid to talk about it, that it's you and I. Say, so David, it's, 
It's too hard. Listen to verse 28. Jesus said, come come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus is saying, my yoke is easy, but the burden I'm giving you, it's not a burden, it's a calling. God chose you before you were born for a time like this to proclaim the gospel, to tell the truth. And you and I as a family, we're now telling the truth. But we have to do it as a family. But we can't do anything unless we repent. And there's two kinds of repentance, and we talked about this last week. There's a repentance into salvation, which I believe there's someone out there listening right now that... um, You say, David, I I thought I knew God because I've been going to church realizing now that I don't, going to church is not knowing God. Going to church is just religion. It's not relationship. And if you're out there and you're listening to me right now, now's the time you can come to God. Come to the one and only God, but let me tell you, there's so much joy that you won't know what to do with it. But is it easy? No, it's not easy. But can you make it? Yes, God provides a way. His strength is sufficient. If you're tired of playing church, if you're tired of playing religion, and you want to come to God, you say, Father, I am a sinner. I know I am. And I know the only way that I can spend eternity with you is to accept the fact that your son died on the cross for me. It was your son that you sent, Lord. I repent of my sins. And I will do my best every day to live for you, Lord. You just show me and tell me what to do. There's now a special place in heaven for you. And maybe there's those out there that, um, well, that you know God, but maybe there's been a backsliding. And I want to know in chat if there's anybody out there that needs prayer. Maybe you... So David, I need to be prayed for. I, I, I need healing. I, I, need, I need to get back with God. I don't want to pray for you. So Shanita, Brent, do we have any prayer requests out there? Praise God. And what version of the Bible are you using today? 
today? NIV, we're using NIV today, yeah. And Brent, you might want to check this camera. It's not being charged over here, so. Um, <clears throat> but Betty, you just keep praying for your, I want you to keep praying for your family because I know, I know, I know God's gonna move. Because you, your heart, you have been praying for so long with your family. And I think, uh, Brent, you could probably look at the camera and tell if it's, um, if we're still, you know. And there's probably been many of you out there that, there that you've been praying for your family, you've been asking God to intervene. And I believe this could be the morning that there's going to be some miracles happen. You're going to see a change in your family as we pray. But you see, for those of us that know the Lord, and by the way, you're out there, you accepted Christ. Congratulations. Congratulations. Your name's in the book of life. There may have been many of you out there. I know there was one. I know there was one. And I want to hear from you. But for those of us that know the Lord, we stumble, we fall. Every day, there's two kinds of salvation. One is the salvation to eternity, eternal salvation. The other one is the salvation, daily salvation, to save us from the, from the darts of the demons, from the, from, the, uh, from the enemy, from the pain, from the persecution. This is a salvation, and we need to repent every day. It's almost like you get up, you take a shower every day, right? You won't go a day without a shower, some people. We can't go a day without repentance. That's why we must have an altar. So no matter whether you know the Lord, don't know the Lord, it's just as I am. We did this last week. I'm going to do it again this week. Just as I am without one plea. Just as I am without one plea. Accept your blood is shed for me, and thou bids me to come to thee, O Lamb of God. I come, I Just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blood to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God. Just as I am tossed about with many a conflict, oh, many a doubt, fightings within and fears without, oh, Lamb of God. We come.
Maybe this morning you've come to God and there's tears in your eyes. You're saying, Lord, I'm giving my life to you. There's angels rejoicing in heaven right now. There's been some out there that's been separated from God for quite some time. You're saying, I'm back with God now. as I am. Lord, will you receive me? Just as I am. Lord, will you receive? Will you welcome? Will you pardon? Will cleanse and relieve? I stand on your promise, Lord, I believe, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, I come, I as I am without one plea. I have nothing to say except your blood was shed for me. That's all we can say. Because without the shedding of the blood of the lamb, there's nothing to talk about. There's no reason for us to be here, but because Jesus Christ walked the face, face of the earth as, as a man, he spoke truth. And the words that we read today are words that he spoke, words of truth, calling people to him because there will be a consequence. Jesus said that because he did that, because he took and, and he allowed, the Father allowed him to be nailed on the cross and he died for you and me. That blood was shed for you and I. That should have been us. But every drop of blood, had your name on it, had my name on it. He said, Father, unto you I command my spirit. The father looked down, I believe, with tears in his eyes and saw his son, had to turn away from his only son, knowing that when he did that, our salvation would be at hand. That's how much the father loves you and how much he loves me. So if he loves us that much, how much more can we love him? What can we show? How can we show God we love him? Can we speak truth? Can we love people? Of course we love people. But within love, we must speak truth. You can never love anybody to hell. You can love them to heaven but the only way you can love them to heaven is to preach hell. Jesus rose from the grave and he went to the Father and he offered his blood. And that was the atonement. That was for you and I. And that's why we're free. That's why we're free to speak the gospel. That's why we're free to talk today the way 
that we talk, to hear the words. I love you guys so much. I appreciate you all so much. We're going to be here every um, every week at 11 o'clock. We're going to pray for you before we go. Um, and if we have any prayer requests, you let us know, Shanita. We'll be praying. Yeah, for Cliff's family, for Larissa's okay. healing. Okay, Cliff family. Niece, Larissa. Okay. Uh, uh, Michael's family, Victoria, yeah. Leslie. Uh, okay, slow down. Cliff's family, who was second? Michael. Michael. Victoria. Okay, hold on. Michael, Victoria. Loretta. Loretta. Julie. Uh, Julie. Okay. Leslie. Leslie. Okay. Did I give you Cliff? Um, Cliff. Yeah, we got Cliff okay. and Michael, Victoria, Loretta, Julie, and Leslie. Melody. Melody. Okay. Betty's family for Bet salvation. Yep, Betty's family, salvation. Family, salvation, okay. Okay, keep the prayer requests coming in. Thank you, Melinda, for your support. We look forward to seeing you Friday. We'll be live, or we'll be in person. Yeah, we will be in person if you guys want to join me. Uh, let's go to the Lord. And Well, you know what, I want to say these things, and there might be some more prayer requests come in. So let me go ahead and do this because I really feel like there's people out there that need to be prayed for. Yeah, Lynette. Lynette, okay. Lynette, let me write that down. And pray for John, his memory. He's having cataract surgery tomorrow and needs uh, prayer. Okay, Lynette, I can tell you I'm having cataract surgery next week. So I need prayer, okay? And I know how John feels. I wish my memory was gone. I wish I didn't remember I needed it. Um, Jacqueline. Pray for uh, generational curse. Okay, Jacqueline. Jacqueline, generational curse. Okay. Leslie's mom. Okay, Leslie's mom. Okay. Suzanne. Suzanne. Daniel, Julian. Daniel. Mm -hmm. Daniel, Julianne. Okay. Victoria is asking that God would open her eyes. Okay. And Opal is asking for her family's salvation. Okay. Nice to meet you, Opal. Thanks yeah. for being here. Yeah. Really special. Yeah. Yeah, we had a meeting Friday night. If you're anywhere near the Indiana, Kentucky area, we start at 7 o'clock Friday nights. Um, we're going to do it again this Friday night. God told me to open the church doors, let people in. Uh, we, 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 we just, I call it praise, prayer, and promises, okay? So come and join us. Um, <clears throat> and I'm going to be praying for you. I want more time to bring in prayer requests. That's why I'm doing this. If you'd like to support the ministry and help us legalize Jesus, help us legalize Jesus. We, 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 Jesus is legal. We understand that. But in the world, it's not. And we come against that. And we make him legal. Um, you can support us um, by picking up you know, our DVDs, this is End Times Investigation, eight hours of, uh, of my teachings and people I interview. Um, and then Last Evangelist uh, DVD, you can get that. Uh, you can also get my, I have two new books, True Power. I've been preaching out of this book, True Power. And End Times Investigations talks about demonic activity, SRA, Hollywood Mind Control. Uh, you can go there. You can um, go to davidhevener.tv forward slash order. 
um, or you can go davidhebner.tv forward slash give and donate to the ministry, or you can call 844-806-0006 or text the word chosen to 91999. We'd love for you to help support us do what we do. And it, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time, a lot of money. Thank you for your prayer, prayers, okay, for us. I want more time to come so I can pray for people. Who else do we have? Clark says, thank you for praying for Lorraine last week. She passed. Lift up her daughters, Don, Anita, Elena. Leslie, I pray for everyone to develop a deeper personal relationship with Jesus. I live in Ohio. I might have to swing by sometimes for service. Pam says, praying for you, and please pray for my mom. Okay, Pam's mom. Yeah, and Leslie needs a prayer for her mom's broken arm. Okay. And uh, Spark right. Maker Actual is asking for prayer for their husband Suzanne. Okay. I'm sorry, not husband, cousin Suzanne. Okay. Battling cancer. Okay. And their sons Daniel and Julian for salvation. Uh, okay. okay, so what I'm going to do, Brent, hold on to that. Look at everybody you gave me. If I miss anybody, would you come closer and, and join in uh, with me so they can hear you? I want to hit every name on here. I think it's so important. Um, if you, so if I miss somebody, would you uh, um, pick it up? Okay, Father, <clears throat> we come to you right now as your people. Humbly, we come to you. We thank you for this message you've given us this morning. I thank you for each and every soul that is here. I thank you for letting us be two or more gathered in your name. There you will be, and here you clearly are. I pray for Cliff. I pray for Michael. I pray for uh, Victoria, for Loretta. For Julie, lift up Leslie and her mother. Pray for Melody and Betty for the salvation of her family. For Lynette and for John and for that cataract surgery that it will go beautifully, it, it, that he will not have any fear. Pray for Jacqueline. Pray for Susan, Daniel, Julianne. Pray for Park, Dawn. It's like Elena and Pam's mom. Pray for Pam's mom. Pray for Victoria. For Victoria. Spark Maker. And for Spark. And I know you have a family. I know there were some kids we were praying for. Praying for children. Victoria. For Victoria. Sparks kids, Daniel and Julian for salvation. Daniel and Julian for salvation. Lord, we lift up Daniel and Julia, uh, Sparks children. We ask that you put a special anointing around them. They have an awareness of you like they've never had before. And Father, we're believing in these miracles of salvation. You said that, 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 that the harvest is great and the workers are few, but we're here. We are here and we're willing to work. I'm asking God that you put a plow in each person's hand listening to me. The plow to sow the seed, to spread the gospel. I'm asking for an empowerment on each and every person listening the Father, that they know right now what their mission is, that they will go from this day forward. It will be the first day for the rest of their spiritual life, that they will not be afraid of man. They will defend you and not be afraid of defending man, of offending man. 
as we walk in power, love, and a sound mind, which you said that you have given us, not fear. Father, there's many of the people here that need prayer, and you know who they are, and they have asked us to pray for them. I'm right now asking for a covering of a blessing on them, an anointing of salvation, of comfort, of wisdom, of protection. Be with our children. Be with the single mothers and the single fathers that are out there trying to raise children. Father, I'm asking. I'm asking right now for the ones listening to me that have families that aren't saved. I'm asking for a miracle. I'm asking for a miracle of salvation so that next week we will hear the, the, the praise reports of how you have touched them. And I'm thanking you, Lord, for this. Of course, we always pray for our children that have been abducted, children that have been, are being abused. We ask for protection on them for deliverance. Anyone here that's dealing with sickness, I'm asking for a healing. We command that healing. Anyone that's dealing with demons, demon, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are gone. You have no right to the children. A cleansing. There's someone there that has demonic activity in their home. In the name of Jesus, the demons are gone. There's someone here dealing with demonic activity. I don't know if they've taken something from somebody that's in their house. It needs to go. Praying to break that generational curse. There's someone listening that needs a generational curse. The demon's a generational curse. It's broken. It's over. It's gone. It's snapped. Done. And Father, just about everyone listening to me tonight, including myself, has generational curses upon them. We write right now the power that you have given us in the name of Jesus. We break those curses. The demons are gone and they are not to return. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you guys. I appreciate you all. Uh, please come see us next week. 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Just bring them. Okay? Uh, don't forget Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have Underground David Hebner Live. Please go to davidhebner.tv and sign up. Please. Um, it would really help the ministry, and you'll get over like 800 original videos that you're not going to see. Some of them you won't see anyplace else, okay? Um, <clears throat> and don't forget, if you want to support Last Evangelist, we're doing episode two. You can go to lastevangelist.com. You can donate, be an actor, be a producer. <clears throat> get involved that way. God said go to my people, not to the wretched studios. All right, just remember God loves you. Um, don't forget... Find your altar this week. I want to know where your altar, next week I want you to tell me where you found your altar. I made mine uh, today. It's out in the hallway so everybody can see it. I'm going to kneel in front of everybody. That's my altar for God. I'd love to have an altar for our church if you have one that uh, you don't need anymore or you know anybody that wants to get rid of their altar or someone knows how to make one. I'd love to have one for my church, okay? I love you guys and I appreciate you spending time with us. God bless you.